Hey, imagine a hike going up a steep hill or maybe level ground. Maybe you're going down a hill. It what? sounds terrible. <laughs> it does sound terrible. It's called hiking. It's called backpacking. It can be called walking. It happens in your neighborhood streets, and we're going to talk about it here on the Carolina Outdoors. Wes Lawson is right there. Bill Barty is right here. We're saddling up this pony called the Carolina Outdoors. TJ Boggs pushing buttons, the yellow ones, the orange ones, and the red ones. But hiking is our topic right now, and the tools of hiking. Of course, when many of us think about hiking and, and taking a walk, we talk about proper footwear. We talk about maybe uh, hydration and a pack to carry it all in. If we're going to spend the night, we talk about those tools, tents, sleeping bags. But one thing oftentimes is left off and maybe underappreciated in the walking, hiking, trekking, backpacking world, and it's called trekking poles. We're going to take a moment here on the Carolina Outdoors to find out why trekking poles are important, whatever our transportation endeavor is, if it's of our own human power. Michael Smith is going to join us. He's sales support analysis with the Adventure Marketing Group. But most important of all, he's an accomplished adventurer and hiker. Michael, welcome to the Carolina Outdoors. Thank you, gentlemen, for having me on the show. Well, Michael, looking forward to peeling this apart. Well, we—that is exactly what we're going to do because, as the introduction stated, trekking poles are one of the most underappreciated pieces of of equipment out there, and we want you to help us educate our listening audience on why they are so underappreciated, but more importantly, why they're so important. Tell us why trekking poles are are a wonderful tool on our hikes. I love it, Bill. Whenever you whenever you asked me to come on the show, my mind instantly went to I hiked the AT in 2004, and there was a group of through hikers with me that we came up with a list of like well over a hundred plus daily applicable uses of your trekking poles while out there on the trail. So like you're you and it was anarchy went all the way from like pushing bears away from you um, to the actual uses that we'll talk about. But um, they're they're highly highly underappreciated for for various reasons. Um, but they are my personal favorite pair of gear that's out there for hiking, for trail running, for walking downhill, uphill, flat, all of it. Um, it makes us, it gives us that mechanical advantage of making us a, a four-legged animal. Wait a second. You said for trail running? Oh, indeed. Absolutely. It's hard enough to walk, but you're going to trail oh, run? Tell me more. Tell me more. So think, think impact, um, think knees and ankles for, for all of our joints, regardless of what age you are. Um, putting two poles in our hands, it takes pressure off of our lower body. It allows us to engage our upper bodies, our upper body muscle groups. When you're plowing downhill, down mountain, you put your pole first, you apply upper body weight to it. So that takes weight off of your lower body step after step after step. It's a lot of impact. So uh, trekking poles are there to help do all of that. Stream crossing. It makes us a four-legged animal whenever we're walking across rocks, across water. Um, I roll my ankles religiously if I don't have my um, trekking poles with me. So so every, you you can peel it apart a thousand different ways, but um, animals in the woods have four legs for a reason. Hey, this is a podcast radio show. And for a point of clarification, this mm-hmm. is trekking poles, as in plural, as in two. You mentioned that. Mm. This is not a walking stick. This is not a trekking stick. This is not a, a camera uh, a pod. 
These are two poles in each hand that help make us more efficient at walking and, and hiking. You're right. In this example, correct. Yes. And they can be, it can be two poles. It can be two sticks, Bill. Um, it can be made of aluminum. It could be made of carbon. Um, yeah, there are a lot of different variations out there, but you're absolutely right. One in each hand um, to be that four-legged animal. You know, you, you mentioned all those wild animals in the woods that have four legs. You conveniently forgot about Sasquatch. And I, and I, and I, think, I think I'll believe it when I see it. Sasquatch. Sasquatch. That's right. So um, so we're definitely talking about not wood branches and trees. And we get questions about this all the time. You know, I want I want a walking stick. And we say we have trekking poles and we have to go through the whole education as you just did. How have trekking yeah. poles evolved even in the last 10, 15 years from not just materials, but the impact, the efficiency gains we get? So it's come a long way. It really has. Um, and fundamentally where we started this conversation is like it's, it's underappreciated. Like even still today, it's that piece of equipment and gear that it usually has to come from a friend's voice or a friend's conversation or you're in a gear shop and you get to put the product in the hands and let them take it on a test trip. It still has that kind of barrier of entry for people to start getting it and understanding it because there's a cost there's a cost that goes along with these sticks that we're trying to talk about and the importance of it. So there are definitely those hurdles, but they've evolved from the trail running pole that I run with right now have gloves in it that actually clip to the handles so I can really run like hands free and all the pressure is placed on my palms and my hands and I'm not gripping anything. Um, and with a Dyneema strap, so it's super strong, um, with carbon poles that are super strong and light, um, it becomes an extension of who you are while you're out there. One quick thing I need to let people know, and it's why these things are underappreciated. Uh, off air, you mentioned evolution, and that's going from two legs to walking with four legs, which really what the uh, pair of poles help represent. But the reason they are underappreciated as well is because of uh, many people think that you're using these for balance, which is true. They are to help balance. But the things that we do not think about, and correct me if I'm wrong, though, but is the efficiency in the hike. It puts our gait at a little bit more active gait um, and utilizes our arms as a part of transporting the body. Um, it also alleviates pressure, and that means pressure on your feet your ankles, your knees, your hip, and your lower back, just to mention a few. Um, how do the trekking poles do that? Magic. Applying <laughs> weight from the upper body and being able to engage your arms and your biceps and your chest muscles. Um, every single ounce that you're able to apply with your arms, that takes it off of your lower body. Um, and if you are in any momentum of about to roll an ankle, your trekking poles are going to stop that um, momentum. So you, you're absolutely right in everything you just said, Bill. Um, and it is. <laughs> Michael, your answer is better than what Wes said, magic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and I think it's also important you're to. Magic, but to, you're right, because it's, it's kind of, it's, it's, you kind of have to experience it in order to be able to get the full, the full range of how they work. Um, if it's uphill, if it's flat, if it's downhill, it, it makes you either faster or more efficient or less impact, um, depending on the terrain. You know, 
so far, Michael, you've shot me down twice. <laughs> One about Sasquatch, and then about about magic. So, Sas- so, Sasquatch. So we're gonna Sasquatch. we're gonna I, I'm, I'm gonna we're I'm gonna, all about smoking mirrors over here for you. I'm I'm gonna tee one up for you. You don't have to have medical injuries or perceived weakness to use trekking poles. These are good for everybody of all ability levels, all physical fitness levels. Correct. Tremendously, yes. Magic. World Perfect. athletes, world trail runners, um, yeah, hands down, yes. Yeah, because I try to get people to understand that, and they'll say, well, you, I don't need those. I'm in good shape. Well, you, you might be, but don't you want to maintain that health and wellness through the hike? Correct. Correct. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It is. Uh, hopefully, we're we're past the, this is like an old man poll. I hope we're not there anymore, um, but uh, we're we still get to have those conversations often because it's just that barrier of if it's not in your wheelhouse mentally, it, you need that conversation. But you're absolutely right. His name, Michael Smith. He's with Adventure Marketing Group, sales support analysis, and an accomplished adventurer, including the 2004 Appalachian Trail through hike. Uh, Michael, there's a few little secrets about trekking poles, and we hope our listeners are tuned in tight to the outdoor guys from Jesse Brown's as we mentioned this. One of them is going to be a fishing secret. If you ever need or want to ask someone to go fishing on their property, always wear a collared shirt. It almost automatically <laughs> will get you a yes. The other thing is if you are a hiker, and it doesn't matter if you sprain your ankle on the sidewalk in front of uh, your neighbor's house and need a ride, or maybe you are on the Appalachian Trail in 2004, trekking poles can help you hitch a ride into town. Am I right? And did that make the list of 100 when you were on your 2004 through hike? I promise you it was on that list. It gives you bigger arms to flag down hitchhikers. <laughs> it was on that list, I assure you. It also makes you look like uh, you're an innocent bystander out there uh, not hunting for Sasquatch. That's right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's slightly more legitimizing you when you're in the woods with two, with two trekking poles. You're right. I have I have a, a, a now an aged and experienced pair that sometimes is used to keep the hood up on my truck so it doesn't come down and, and kill me when I have to change the oil or the, the air filter. But it still goes on hikes because I have bad knees, so that's my go-to. And it helps me feel better when people say, well, I, I'm in good shape. I don't need these. Well, some of us do need these, and here's why. But how have the, the poles themselves really changed? You know, some of them now, we, we have you know, they have shock absorbers built in that you can't see. It's... Again, it's like magic how they work, but you know, that impact, how does that really help as we move, especially over distance? Yeah, of course. Uh, so uh, uh, two parts. So the absorption aspect, um, there are either almost like rubberized elastomers that will have rebound to it. So every time you hit a surface, it will, it will take that vibration out. So what that's really reducing the upper body arm impact on whenever, whenever you strike the trekking pole to the ground. Um, or they can be entire spring shock absorption as well, which is a little um, just different design as well. Um, then the evolution, it's like any evolution. It is truly stronger, faster, lighter, more compact um, through either the materials through a more streamlined design, um, through the, the um, grip design, the comfort level of um, holding it as well. It's, it's, just, it's just gotten more advanced. Hey, you work with a company, um, the USA company, based out of Buffalo, New York, probably one of the most world-famous trekking pole companies there is, Lecky. 
L-E-K-I. And we have those at Jesse Brown's Outdoors where Wes and I hang our hat through the week. Um, but in those lucky trekking poles, now they have, have a, a whole bunch of them, including some single poles that we call canes. <laughs> but they do have some cork grips. We have a few with cork, a few with foam. I don't know if we have any with rubber, but um, the cork is very comfortable in hand. Why is a cork grip so much more comfortable than foam or rubber? Well, think about the, that's our only point of contact with the pole to our body. So so cork doesn't deteriorate the same rate. It does great with just sweat absorption um, and then the longevity of it. So in addition to materials, the fit, like making sure that it is comfortable in your palm, um, the, the way it's ergonomically cut, all, all of that stuff plays plays an essential role on r- really what makes a, a run-of-the-mill pole or a leading pole in the industry um, and, and where it can stack up to all the other poles in the industry. Hey, there's one negative that we hear about. I'm sure that it popped up uh, during your Appalachian Trail through hike, um, and I'm going to bring <laughs> it up, and then we can talk about the accessories that maybe speak to uh, solving the problem. But it is um, the impact that uh, poles can can have, the carbide tips that are on them, where there's a, a whole lot of people, I think about maybe the Camino Trail over yeah. in Spain yeah. and, and places like that where there are people doing uh, multiple uh, dozens in a normal time who are doing pilgrimages and hikes and, and that sort of thing. Um, if we're doing that or maybe doing an urban hike in, in a European city in the near future or in a U.S. city for that matter, um, what are the car- carbide tips for and what is a, an accessory solution to the lucky poles and others um, that help uh, solve that. Yeah, so your your carbide tips, um, or really the spike, um, the ground point of contact for the pole, carbide tips are going to be super incredibly strong. Um, they're going to last an incredibly long time. Um, they work on a multitude of different surfaces. And now what you guys are talking about are, is really the it's the volume is so much. Now we're starting to t- t- talk about a land impact Um so we're trying to mitigate that. And then we can do rubber tips that go over your carbide tips. Um, like for a, a activity called Nordic walking, there's actually angled tips as well um, that take away the carbide tip and put on a rubber angled tip to help kind of push and propel you forward. Um, just as, again, multiple options and accessories to, to give you a different contact point with the ground. You know what? I'm glad you brought up Nordic walking because that's a sport, and, and we're talking. You Is know, that your jam? Yeah, not yet. But listen, I'm going to tell you about my jam right now here on the Carolina Outdoors. <laughs> We've talked about the Appalachian Trail, a 2,000 mile footpath. We talk about the ups and downs, the inclines and declines um, uh, uh, that that trail or or a heavy duty hiking path takes. But using trekking poles can be done in town like Nordic walking, it can be done with no weight on your back at all. So if you're a walker listening to the Carolina Outdoor, Michael Smith, I want you to tell us, and it seems counterintuitive because trekking poles go with trekking, but talk to us about just a neighborhood walk. And, and of course, Nordic walking would be like that, but um, tell us the number of people that are using trekking poles just to walk in our in their own city streets because of its efficiency at helping propel us through the through the walk. 
Perfectly said. That, that's why it's around. Um, it's it's evolving from walking for us has become a health exercise and not just a to get to the bakery. So it has really become an exercise and people that are it's gone all the way to forming groups and clubs and activities for like long distance walkers. And it's a heavy form of cardio for groups. So every advantage we just talked about for a trekking pole, um, making us a four legged animal, helping our joints, um, being able to engage the upper body muscle groups. Of course that applies when we're um, on concrete as well. So now take away that carbide tip, like we just talked about and make it more applicable for concrete or asphalt um, and then put a rubberized tip on it. And then you still get the same advantages of being able to utilize those muscle groups and helping out those ankles, helping out those knees. Um, it's absolutely, it's a, it's a huge point. And definitely we talked about how most people don't think about it for hiking. Definitely most people don't think about it for an application of uh, using it on roads. Hey, you're it a part of there. it. It is an opportunity. You're a part of a Chattanooga, Tennessee-based adventure marketing group, sales support analysis. You deal with footwear. You deal with outerwear. You do with packs. But one of my favorite is the Lecky Trekking Pole Company that you help represent throughout the Southeast. Thank you for taking a little bit of time. We've got it up on our jessebrowns.com website as well, so you can check it out along with those accessories. But, Michael Smith, more importantly, you brought to the forefront the most underappreciated piece of hiking gear out there, and you did it outside because we hear the birds chirping. So thank you for taking time. Indeed to come on to the Carolina Outdoors and share your wealth of knowledge about trekking. As always, Bill and Wes, thank you guys so much, and thank you for having me on the show. Off he goes. That's Michael Smith right there with Adventure Marketing Group and trekking pole expertise with Lecky. Whether you're out there looking for Bigfoot, Sasquatch, or Sasquatch, <laughs> we're glad that you're listening to the Carolina Outdoors. He's Wes Lawson. I'm Bill Barty. We'll be back with more. After this.